0: What's up boxing fans? This is Sides of Boxing with your host JJ Sermon. In this podcast JJ gives an in-depth analysis of nearly every fight from undercards to main events. Now let's get into the ring. On today's episode, I'm going to talk about two important fights that happened this past weekend of August 3rd, and discuss with you some notable mentions and upcoming fights that's going to happen in the rest of this month of August. So let's get straight into it. Marcus Brown versus John Pascal was the first important fight that I want to discuss right now. Marcus Brown was 23-0. and 0. Uh, He had he had the WBA interim and the WBC silver light. Heavyweight titles, so he was lined up exactly to fight in championship fights for his next fight. So, all he really had to do was just beat John Pascal, and he was going to get a title shot immediately after. John Pascal came in as 33 and six losses and one draw. So, he had he's a very, I would say, uh. Very experienced fighter. He has fought a lot of great guys and he is someone who you can't take lightly because he can upset you. Uh, so when this fight happened, um I really was surprised that Marcus Brown decided to fight John Pascal, but nonetheless, he did it. And when the fight started, Marcus Brown did an amazing job controlling the ring. So in the first round, second round, third round, he was controlling it with his jab. He was jabbing with his right hand the whole time. He was doing a fantastic job jabbing, and he was keeping the fight at a distance. He was using the whole ring. He was moving around, controlling the pace of the fight. He was doing everything he needed to do, and he won uh, all three rounds. He did it superb, and I was like, if he keep this up, man, it's, it's gonna be an easy night for him. But as we moved on to the fourth round, John Pascal, Uh, was backing up a little bit, and then Marcus Brown got a little reckless, and he threw a combination, so it was pretty much, uh, he started with the left hand, hit him with a left, right, and another left, but he dropped his left hand, and John Pascal hit him with a counter-right hook, and it smacked Marcus Brown right on the chin, and Marcus Brown didn't have his feet set, and he fell straight to the ground on round four. And it was a big shock for everyone. Everyone was like surprised. No, you know, Deontay Wilder and uh, uh, Lennox Lewis were the commentators, and, and they were surprised. It was like, oh, as soon as the as soon as it happened, because we didn't see it coming because Marcus Brown was winning the first three rounds, and he was essentially winning the fourth round, going into that uh, up until that moment. So the fourth round happened. He gets knocked down, and Marcus Brown got up so fast that he didn't even let his legs get underneath him. So he was kind of like wobbling a little bit, but he he regained his control, and uh, Mark, uh, John Pascal just went and tried, just tried to just uh, try to not really end him. He was he was really trying to, but it, it didn't work. Uh, Marcus Brown just kept his distance again, and then he got his uh, composure back. So then we moved on to round five, Marcus Brown got right back into his zone, and he started controlling the uh, the fight with his jab, his right-hand jab, and he just kept doing that, controlling the ring, using the whole ring. Very good strategy. And then round five, I mean round five, and then six happens, and then he does the same thing. Like I said, Marcus Brown, he has great skills, and he was using that jab and that ring so well. Round seven came along, and then another surprise, shocking uh, a moment happened. And Marcus Brown was, it was like literally was pretty much winning that round up until the last 30 seconds. So the last 30 seconds of the seventh round, uh, Marcus Brown did the same exact thing he did in round four. And he threw a left hand with his, he threw a, a, a left, uh, I think I'm going to say it was a left hook. And when he when he threw it. And it was like kind of like a combination. He dropped his left hand once again, and John Pascal countered with the right hook, and it dropped him once again. But And this is literally 30 seconds of the seventh round, and he was literally going to win that round. But it flipped completely. The momentum shifted as soon as that happened. And then uh, John Pascal uh, got the knockdown. So this is the second knockdown against Marcus Brown. And then Marcus Brown got up too fast like he – uh, and he should have just let's say stayed on the floor a little bit longer, and, and waited for the count till it got to like maybe like seven or eight, and then got up and was ready. But then he then he got up, he leaned towards the ropes because he lost his balance, and then eventually got his composure, and then the ref let him continue. And then Marcus Brown uh, fell once again, got knocked down again because John Pascal just went straight at him, just full force, was throwing a whole bunch of hooks at him just to knock him down and he did so that was the third knockdown so now the fight is pretty much almost even at this point because that was considered a 10-7 round and he had a 10-8 round and then that's pretty much leaving the fight for anybody at this point so it was pretty much I had it even going into the eighth round eighth round happened and uh John Pascal was looking like he was ready to essentially end him, in uh, Marcus Brown. But Marcus Brown was still trying to fight, but at times it would seem like Marcus Brown would get exhausted. And when he get exhausted, we noticed uh, that Marcus Brown likes to hold whenever he gets a little exhausted. And that was something that he did in round eight a little bit. And then it got to the point where John Pascal had him kind of going against the ropes. And then John Pascal kind of leaned in, Marcus Brown leaned in, and then it was an incidental uh, headbutt, and it uh, left a mean cut right above Marcus Brown's eye, and blood just started rushing out. So that led to them stopping the fight immediately in the eighth round. And John Pascal actually won that eighth round because he was way more aggressive. And when the decision came... Uh, they gave it to John Pascal um, with a technical decision in round eight because he won that eighth round, and then that led him win uh, that fight. And so this was a huge upset. Marcus Brown ended up now. He's 23-1, and one, his first loss as a professional. And John Pascal improved to 34-6-1. and one. And he also holds the interim WBA and WBC silver light heavyweight title. So this can essentially give John Pascal another chance at uh, fighting for a title and this is a big deal so yeah it was, that was a huge shock this 2019 year has been a year of full of shocks full of upsets that we never seen coming like anthony joshua and andy ruiz i mean it's just been a great year for boxing so um when it comes to upsets so now i want to move on to the next fight with this adam kanaki uh versus chris Ariola. adam uh, kanaki was 19 and 0 and he was fighting Chris Ariola, and he was 38, 5, and 1. Uh, this fight was just a, a fight for Adam Kanaki to, to improve his record, to prove to the other heavyweights that he's legit. And that's what he pretty much did in this fight this fight, they were throwing. As soon as the round started, I mean, they were throwing bombs. They were throwing good shots left and right. Adam Kanaki is a really good fighter. Like he, he has very good combinations. He throws great uppercuts. He throw great. He throws great hooks, great jabs. He's a great all around heavyweight fighter. And I know he's going to give people problems in the heavyweight division as he continues to improve. He is 30 years old, so he will need to continue to get better uh, very quickly and improve and get stronger and better fights as he improves. But um, he definitely has the skills, and it showed in this fight. I mean, uh, Chris Ariola was a, a person who really did a lot of work um, as well. He didn't get knocked down. None of them was a knockdown. It was just a strong 12 rounds of just straight Uh, punches, man, and they actually set the record for the most punches thrown in the heavyweight fight, which is 2,172 punches, and they landed, it says, 667 punches. So they threw so many punches in this fight, and it was very entertaining. They threw a whole lot, and a lot of them was connecting. Um, Some of them was missing, as usual, but um, just an entertaining fight altogether, and uh, at the end of the fight, um, the decision was a unanimous decision for Adam Kanaki. He was throwing the more cleaner punches. He was throwing the more punches. He really didn't get tired, really, that I saw in the fight. And that says a lot to his uh, conditioning because he threw a lot of punches um, and connected a lot. But he never really slowed down to a certain extent. And when he did kind of slow down, that's when Chris Ariola would try to throw more punches. But at the same time, like it wasn't no... like. Vivid strong moment where he just gave up around, he really tried to fight throughout the whole 12 rounds, and that's really good. I think that was a really good testament to Adam Kanaki. Um, and now uh, he improved to 20 and 0. Uh, Chris Ariola improves now to 38 6 and 1. And he was saying if he didn't win this fight, he's pretty much going to retire, and so that's what he may do. I believe that he should retire because he took a lot of punishment in this fight. And I don't know where he can go from from here. Like, he can just get a couple lower heavyweight fights, but nothing for a title. Nothing where he got to take more damage. He has uh, a family, man. So, I, I just would uh, uh, hope that he just retires. He had a great record. He made a lot of money in boxing. And he should just enjoy his time with his family and, and uh, kids. And, and, just, and just enjoy the, the fruits of his labor, working hard and giving the, the sport all he has. And... Uh, that concludes the two important fights that happened this past weekend for August 3rd. Um, another notable mention I do want to mention uh, that happened uh, during this weekend was the Michael Conlin fight. And he improved to 12-0 um, with a TKO win against Diego Ruiz. And this was for the featherweight division. And he did uh, a fairly good job. I mean, Michael Conlon is a, is a guy that you got to keep your eye out on in the featherweight division, uh, he's coming definitely to, to to make some noise. So I definitely wanted to mention him. And now I just want to talk about the upcoming fights that's happening. So uh, Sergey Kovalev is fighting Anthony uh, Yare, um on August 24th, and this is for the WBO light heavyweight title. Uh, Brandon Figueroa versus uh, Javier uh, Cancún, if I said that correctly. Um, and they're fighting August 24th as well for the interim uh, junior featherweight title. Um, and then uh, Lomachenko is fighting Luke Campbell, which I'm very excited for, August 31st, uh, for the WBO, WBA, and the vacant WBC uh, lightweight title. So Lomachenko is trying to you know, become the Undisputed eventually. So he he's getting his third belt, and it's going to be a huge fight. So... That's all the the fights that's uh, happening in the month of, or the important fights that's happening in the month of August, so be on the lookout for those. So this concludes this episode of Sots of Boxing, and I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a positive review, whether it's through Google, Apple, or Spotify. We would greatly appreciate it, and I just want to let you know that another podcast will be next week, so be on the lookout for that. God bless.